the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, happy almost weekend, people. You've made it. It's day five of the work week. It is 90 degrees, I think, in the city of Pittsburgh. It is sunshiny and beautiful. The humidity isn't too bad. You know, I live without air conditioning, and I'm not complaining really at all. I'm not suffering even a little bit. Certainly happy to have you along for today's ride home. I'm Kathy Emmons from the uh, Work at Home studio. I've got Gary at Seven Parkway Center keeping all the trains running on time, and uh, my on-air partner, John Hall, taking another day off. But boy, do we have a terrific slate of guests today. We have excellent topics, and um, it's going to be a really fun day as we close out the work week. All right, let me say, um, just looking ahead, that we're going to be talking about brand new restaurants coming to Pittsburgh for your weekend, something you can think of, and some old Pittsburgh restaurants that are opening brand new locations now that it looks like the COVID-19 era might, might be winding down. So we'll talk about that in the five o'clock hour. Also, the ban on yoga in Alabama public schools was just lifted after 27 years. We'll talk about that as the show unfolds. Also, what does it mean to practice mindfulness online? I mean, it's hard enough to practice mindfulness in your normal day-to-day life when you're working at home and trying to maintain, you know, a peaceful, hopeful attitude. But what does it mean to be that kind of person online, on Twitter, on Facebook, however it is that you do it? We'll talk about that as well. Also, reading Jane Austen, one of my very favorite authors of all time, Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor, literature professor, will join me in the five o'clock hour to talk about that. I mean, there's just not... And why is the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco singing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to say, what's not actually singing. It's just that's what they're calling it. No, that's actually what it sounds like. We'll also talk about that. Okay, but before we get into any of that, I do believe it's time for the top four. Four. For Friday, May 21st, 2021, I give you these. Number one. It was a big week, not just because of our new presumptive mayor, but also because Pennsylvania voters became the first in the nation to impose restrictions on a governor's authority under an emergency disaster declaration. PA voters approved two constitutional amendments pushed to a statewide referendum by Republican lawmakers angry over how Democratic Governor Tom Wolf has handled regulations related to COVID-19. GOP state leaders have repeatedly clashed with the governor and said the referendum's approval to limit his powers in disasters reflects the public's dissatisfaction of his management and his lack of cooperation with lawmakers. Number two, Israel's cabinet has approved an Egyptian brokered ceasefire with Hamas after 11 days of fighting. 
The Wall Street Journal is reporting that both President Biden and Egypt's President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi had stepped up efforts this week to get the two sides to end the conflict, and officials warned that the agreement remained fragile. Not surprisingly, the ceasefire, which began today, appeared to have different meanings to Israeli officials and to Hamas. While Israel says the stoppage in fighting has no preconditions, Hamas says Israel has agreed to stop its aggressive actions in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood of East Jerusalem and at the Al-Aqsa Mosque. The fighting has claimed the lives of more than 230 Palestinians, including 65 children. Tens of thousands more have been displaced. And Israeli officials say 12 people, including two children and one soldier, have been killed in Israel since the fighting started. Number three. Dr. Anthony Fauci clarified that whether a COVID-19 vaccine booster shot will be needed in the next year remains an open question. According to NBC News, during an event Wednesday that also featured Pfizer CEO Albert Borla, Fauci said he expected we would require a booster sometime within a year or so after getting the primary shot because the durability of protection against coronaviruses is generally not lifelong. The COVID-19 vaccines have so far proven to be extremely good at preventing people from getting sick, even if they do become infected. One question now is how long the protection lasts. Pfizer's clinical trials have suggested its vaccine is safe and offers high levels of protection for at least six months after the second dose. Studies are ongoing to determine how much longer that effectiveness lasts with results expected in the coming months. And number four, what kind of hockey game was that last night? Nine goals, Jari dislodged from the net, multiple fights, two packed, and I mean packed, penalty boxes, Jari dislodged again, beautiful stuff from Chris Letang, more fights, and one of Sid's all-time great saves. And most of that has happened in the third period. I mean, did you see this game? After giving up the lead twice, it was Brandon Tanev who finally batted the puck past Varlamov with 3.36 left to give the Pens a 2-1 lead over the New York Islanders in their first round playoff series. It was fantastic. Cannot wait for Game 4, which happens tomorrow at 3 p.m. live from Nassau Coliseum. And that is your top four. All right, people, if you're not hockey fans, I don't know how to help you because it's the most fun sport you could possibly watch in the playoffs and the playoffs go on for so long. Like if you get to the Stanley cup, it's like, you know, a three month procedure. Anyway, I eat it up and I hope you're enjoying it as well. Okay. I need to step away, get ready for the rest of the Friday edition of the ride home. And as I do, it's probably not too early or too late for me to tell you that your weekend has begun. All right, coming up next, if you're dealing with issues in your family related to dementia, it can be really scary and overwhelming. But our next guest will tell you that even dementia is not dark to God. That's next on Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chapel. Grace is about peace with God being provided. And peace is about grace from God being believed. If you have grace provided, you have peace provided as well. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell returns to the air Monday afternoon at 1.30 here on 101.5 WORD. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at oozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. 
backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. There was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. of some variety of dementia in your family, whether it's a, uh, it's a parent, it's uh, a child, or it's a grandparent or an aunt or uncle, whatever it is, um, depending on the disease, it can hit people at different times and at different ages. But whenever it hits, it's really scary. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I've lived through this in my own family, and um, I found it unsettling in a way, and I've been through a lot of, uh, I've spent a lot of time in hospitals and a lot of time in doctor's offices with my family members over the years, but there's something about the reality of dementia that just puts it in a different category to me. Um, and so that's why I'm really grateful for the piece that Cynthia Fisher wrote on the Gospel Coalition. Um, Cynthia and her husband attend Restoration Community Church in St. Louis, where she pilots a curriculum called the Children's Sanctuary. She's a graduate of Covenant Seminary. She is passionate about nurturing children. She has a couple of her own and grandparents. She is a grandparent, as is her husband to twins. Um, so we're happy to have Cynthia on the program. She knows what she's talking about. Cindy, welcome in. Oh, Cindy. We don't have Cindy. She was right there. Then she disappeared. Okay, we're going to work on getting Cindy back. Um, This is a subject I think is important to talk about. To be really honest with you, it's never a subject I want to talk about. You know, it's one of those things that um, 
I don't know, it, it, you'd rather leave it in the recesses of your reality for a while, um, maybe forever, <laughs> so that you wouldn't have to, uh, to deal with the particulars of it. But if you don't talk about it, you know, it becomes this boogeyman, it becomes this thing, you know, this, this dark monster that lives under your bed. And um, so whenever that happens, it's always more healthy to figure out what it is that's scaring you so much and bring it out into the light, uh, talk about it and realize that this too, isn't beyond, um, God's scope of dealing. Now, you know, my own personal experience, um, started when I was in probably in high school, um, my grandfather started to experience dementia. And I have to say that, you know, when you're a high school kid, you know, you're concerned about like, for the most part, really stupid stuff. <laughs> you're concerned about, you know, like, am I going to make the team or, you know, am I going to get to go on the trip with the band or, you know, what, what color shoes should I wear to prom? I mean, it's not like life-changing things, but when something like that hits your family, it makes you grow up fast. And so I remember dealing with that with my grandfather and thinking my grandfather had been a Christian all of his life, certainly all of his life that I knew him, not sure exactly what you know age he was when he came to Christ, but I certainly, okay. I certainly thought to myself, you know, this is a person who has had a relationship with God his whole life. That There was no logical reason to think that regardless of what he was experiencing, that his relationship would change now. Um, we're going to bring Cindy Fisher back to the conversation. Cindy, are you there? I am. Terrific. Great to hear from you, Cindy. Uh, I was just talking about my grandfather because um, that's when dementia touched my family the first time. Tell us about your mom. Well, my mom was experiencing mild to moderate dementia last fall, and I was aware that she was probably going to need more help, and more resources as time went on. But then on January 24th of this year, she had a significant left side stroke, and it the stroke itself took away the, her language on her right, you know, affects your right side, her language side, and some of her mobility, and some of her her vision on the right. But what it really did, we felt like it just set her dementia into fourth gear. She just was very confused. And um, when we finally brought her home after being in the hospital for a week and in rehab for a week, we'd walk her down the hall. She didn't know if she should turn to the left or the right for her mm -hmm. bedroom. She didn't know where the bathroom was. Um, and that didn't get better. Um, you know, that continued. So that's kind of when we just kind of parachuted into the world of, of serious dementia all at once. Sure. Well, Cindy, while we were efforting um, the telephone connection so that you could join us on the show, I was talking about the experience with my grandfather and trying as a high school student to come to grips with the idea or not the idea, but kind of wrestling with the idea that, you know, he'd been a believer in Jesus, had a relationship with God his whole life, at least, you know, most of his life that I knew him and I, I couldn't, there was no logical reason to think that God would have deserted him uh, in this time, mm -hmm. but it was hard to imagine what kind of connection he had to God because his connection with us was broken. Um, how are you seeing right. that with your mom? You know, I'm not an expert on dementia. I think there might be some people who are really skilled in um, helping that. I know, I do know when I sing hymns with her, she knows the words of a lot of the hymns. In fact, sometimes she knows the second verse when I don't. Um, so something is there. And there was one night when we were um, saying grace over dinner, and I thought to ask her, and she prayed a beautiful prayer. But 
in other instances, and I wrote about them, she, I'd read the Jesus Storybook Bible, probably designed for five, six, seven-year-olds, maybe up to second grade. And she, I did, have you heard the creation story before? She's mm-hmm. shaking her head, maybe. So you're, you're concerned that, wow, what does she know? And then I talked about Jesus, showed her the crosses, the three crosses on Golgotha, and she just shrunk back in horror, like, I've never heard of this kind of awful thing. She became a child, and she seemed very unfamiliar with the stories of Scripture, which was very, very disheartening to me. Sure. Um, it, it it made me so sad. Um, sure. What does she have to lean on? Um, yeah, I was but, just so yeah, and, concerned. Right, and 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 so when you're in a situation like that, you are. Um, you're looking at someone else and you're thinking, you know, in my, I shouldn't say what you are in my circumstance, Cindy, I felt this rising sense of helplessness, um, even Mm -hmm. panic about what I was going to do to solve the problem. And the sat, you know, the reality is that there's, you can't solve the problem. I think that's the first thing to come to grips with, right? It's not a problem that that is solvable, but I also came to a spot where I realized that, you know, God's God had sought my grandfather out for uh, life Mm -hmm. and salvation at first. And that was God's choice and not my grandfather's choice. So if God was the actor in this story, um, then he was not going to stop being the actor in the story. Now, you came to a very similar revelation with your mom. Talk about Psalm 139. So Psalm 39 is one of my very favorites, and it talks about, it uses this beautiful picture of even the darkness is not dark to you. And we know throughout scripture, God is characterized as light, and in him is no darkness no at darkness all. darkness at all. John. Yeah, and I've, I've looked at this psalm, and I've leaned onto it when I've struggled with untreated depression earlier in my life. And the beauty of it is that God walks with us in darkness. Um, And we may not even know that he's there, but my mom changed, but God never changed. And I had to hold on to that truth that God was the same, that we are human beings, we're creatures, we're not the creator, that God was, had not abandoned her and he was with her. Um, He chose to let her survive the stroke. She lives alone. You know, we might not have caught that she had a stroke, but we did. And God was taking care of her in a way that I didn't see. Um, and I wouldn't have chosen for this to happen, but but he allowed it. And he, he gives us these beautiful words in, in this psalm and throughout scripture. We see these passages where the writer's lamenting and doubts whether God is with him. And, you know, God always assures that person, you know, I am with you. But it says, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If Mm -hmm. I make my bed in Shoal, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. I mean, those places are so far away from where we dwell, and yet God says he is there with us. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Mm -hmm. Who hasn't felt that way? Um, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. 
I just hold on to those verses. I think they're the most beautiful, strong verses. And I often say, Christ suffered a tremendous, um, torturous death. He doesn't have to walk with us through anything more. And yet somehow God chooses to be with us in our whole lives and walk with us in the way he's suffering with us and holding our hand. I don't know how theologically that can all hold up to, but he's with us. Um, He doesn't leave us. Um, Mm -hmm. He's right there with us and sees and knows all of our struggles and pain. And he writes, he includes these verses in scripture so that we will know it. Um, And my mom probably doesn't, she can't remember the verses, but she followed the God and lived and believed in the God and followed him in her whole life. And that's the God that allowed these verses, but these verses as a gift in our Bible to us. Cynthia Fisher is with us. She and her husband attend Restoration Community Church in St. Louis, where she pilots her curriculum, the Children's Sanctuary. Um, Cindy, one of the things that um, I thought of a lot is that our, um, our, the fact that we can't remember something doesn't make it untrue. Um, And I think for a while I was under this. I mean, I, I don't think I, if you would have asked me if I believed that truth was dependent on my memory. I would say, well, of course, that's nothing. That's silly. But I, that's how, but that was functionally how I was acting. Um, and it really, things really did alter for me. I'm not saying that I was fixed, but it altered things for me when I realized that whatever, you know, whatever we forget um, is every bit as true. The true things that we forget are every bit as true, regardless of our understanding of them or our remembrance of them. Um, and so there's, there's like a, there's like a great security in knowing that the true and real things of God exist and nothing can change them. Nothing can alter them. Right. Right. And we all go through doubts of one kind or another. And I, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with doubting and wondering and looking and seeking God. But at the end, it's believing whether you're figuring out or not, whether it's making sense to you or not, he is still there and he has not changed. Um, And, you know, in history and biblical history and world history, people have walked through terribly dark places. Um, But God has been there with them. And it sometimes takes a lot of faith to trust that and believe in that. But it's true. Cindy, the last thing that I always think of is, you know, um, the reason that God has to reassure, you know, whoever it is, especially the psalmist, since we're talking about the Psalms, um, is because the the realities and the emotions of life are real. You know, people feel abandoned, even though they know God is real, even though he knows he loves them. The emotion of the moment tells them that they should be afraid. And Mm -hmm. so for people who are listening, who are experiencing something like that, it's totally normal. This is, this is part of being, you know, a member of humankind. Right. It's emotions are valid. It's not, you know, it's not our job. It's not even healthy to pretend we're not feeling a certain way. It's important to name them. But there are more Psalms about laments and crying out than there are about praising God. And that's for a reason. We're humans, we're creatures, we're not, we're fallen, um, we're made in the image of God, but we're fallen people. And yet our emotions are part of who we are and our emotions aren't wrong. They're just not necessarily feeling abandoned. It's, you still feel abandoned, but in, but in reality, you're not. 
Right. But it's, it's not the whole story. But you, it's not, it's like living in the tension of the already, not yet. And, and the answer is not to pretend and to stuff the emotions. The answer is probably to give them to God and walk through that with a friend or certainly with God's word. Yeah. Um, and the thing to remember yeah. is that you're not alone. Cindy Fisher has been with you're us. Uh, the piece she wrote for the Gospel Coalition is called Even Dementia is Not Dark to God. Cindy, thanks for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Our best to you and your mom. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's Cindy Fisher. Okay. Time for us to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about yoga. Are you, are you the kind of person that does yoga? Are you the person who looks at yoga and thinks it's something wacky or weird or cultish? We'll talk about it next. Right. Well, by now you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. It's Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. For a limited time, save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $6.99 mattress purchase. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh.
Tonight will be partly cloudy and mild with a low of 62. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 86. Mostly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 64. Sunday will be very warm with times of clouds and sun. Expect a thunderstorm in the area late in the afternoon. We'll reach a high Sunday of 83. For Monday, mostly cloudy skies, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm at a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. It was January 1st, 2021, and I, what, we were nine months into COVID, right, the era, and I had had it with myself. I mean, I was filled with self-loathing. I don't know. I, I'd probably gained 12 pounds since COVID started. I, all I did in my life was get up in the morning, look at my phone and read news articles. I mean, that was the extent. Oh, and I cook food for my family, but that was really it. I mean, I was getting, I was probably burning, I don't know, 11 calories per day. I'm guessing that's what I was doing. I finally thought on New Year's as I was sitting there, you know, feeding my face with something while I was watching a football game, it's time to get a grip. So on January 2nd, I started this new exercise program that thank God I am still doing and I feel much better. Um, And I have not lost all 12 pounds. Uh, However, I think that has to do with some of the Oreos that I've been eating. Maybe that has contributed, it's worked against me a little bit, but you know, you have to be honest about who you are anyway. So I started this exercise program and um, I just use the, uh, the Nike fitness app. So it's no big deal. It's a, it's a free thing that you can get on your phone or your iPad or something. And it has just a myriad, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fitness programs that you can take part in. Anyway, I was introduced to yoga in this program. And I'd never done yoga in the past. I mean, I've done some stretching, you know, because I've had some back issues over the years, but never done yoga. And so I thought, you know, like, I'll give it a try and see what I think. Listen, I, it's really been wonderful for me. I mean, that that's the best way I can put it. I, it, it has really helped me in my Christian life. It has helped me in my work and it's helped me in my levels of concentration. It's, it's made a specific difference in how I pray and my ability to concentrate in prayer. And you think what, you know, you're some kind of like people who are um, resistant to yoga on theological grounds because um, its origin is in Hinduism. I totally understand. Um, however, I can just tell you that from my point of view, it's been extremely helpful. Now I say all this because there's a news story today. Um, this is from AP and quoted in CBS news, a longstanding ban on yoga in Alabama public schools was just lifted yesterday. Governor Kay Ivey signed legislation that would allow public schools to teach the practice for the first time in 27 years. Now yoga was banned in Alabama in 1993 when the Alabama board of education voted to prohibit hypnosis, meditation, and yoga in public schools after conservative groups pushed the ban, according to the AP. Now the guy who was leading the charge trying to get yoga reinstituted is Democratic State Rep. Jeremy Gray. Um, He was a former cornerback at North Carolina State University, and he was introduced to yoga through football and said that the exercises could provide mental and physical benefits to students. Now, his story is that it really helped him to recover from injury. And, um, and he, he's a Christian teaches Sunday school. He said, look, this isn't getting the in the way of my Christian faith, but it's really a great system for helping your body to be 
as loose, as flexible as possible, helps you to resist injury and helps you to recover from injury more quickly. Now, legislators in in Alabama did add amendments to the bill that require parents to sign a permission slip for their children to learn yoga at school, which I think is great. I think it's a one. I think that's a good provision. It also says chanting, mantras, mudras, use of mandalas and namaste greetings shall be expressly prohibited. That is part of the law, which also states that local school boards may disallow it if they choose. I think it sounds really fair. Um, however, I, I guess I just want to say that um, I kind of started to look at yoga the same way I look at entertainment, like movies. You know, I, I like to watch movies and I don't just watch movies that are made by Christian filmmakers. Um, but one of my favorite things to do is to watch a film and see how the gospel shows up, even if it wasn't planned, that the story of Jesus is such a rich part of how humanity understands itself in the world. Um, that when it comes up in the middle of a movie made by people who don't yet know Christ, it's thrilling. It's just, you can point to it and say, see that that's what it is. That's a truth of the universe that people are seeing um, people who are even outside the Christian church and just gives you hope. It gives you an opportunity to pray for those people um, that they would meet Christ themselves. I kind of look at yoga the same way. I think, you know what? There is a lot about this that points me to Jesus. It really does. And I would love the opportunity if I was ever with someone who loved yoga too and didn't know Jesus, that might be a wonderful way that I could connect with them and talk about what their experiences and what my experiences. Um, all I can say is, you know, I, I had got an injury um, two, a little more than two weeks ago when I was working out and um, I was really, it, it really hurt. I mean, I was in a lot of pain for a couple of days. Um, and I was in considerable pain for another uh, at least 10 days, but I was very shocked at how quickly I have healed from that. And that's way more quickly than I ever would have in the past. And I wonder if a lot of it has to do with the conditioning that I've done um, through the yoga program that I do. It's not something I do every day, but I probably do it every other day, every third day, depending on what, what, how my schedule works out. But anyway, just kind of like food for thought. And a lot of people in Alabama are thinking the same thing today. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, not just tribal, but bubbled, how the church often tries to escape reality. I feel like I'm trying to escape. Maybe I am. I think with the Oreos, I'm trying to escape reality. It's probably what it is. Anyway, Eugene Park next. He's coming up on Zoom. Watch us right now on Facebook. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. 101.5 WORD. I'm Kenny Woods from Word FM, along with John Hall and Kathy Emmons from The Ride Home. We are partnering with Bible League International on Open the Floodgates, Bibles for Africa. In many parts of countries like Kenya, Ghana, Tanzania, and Mozambique, as many as 9 out of 10 Christians are denied God's Word by corrupt governments, poverty, and remoteness. That's exactly why we're partnering with Bible League International to send Bibles to 2,800 new believers in Africa. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, $500 sends 100. Call 800-YES-WORD to send Bibles today or go to wordfm.com slash Bibles to give online. This is Kenny Woods with Word FM. Here's Michael with Bible League. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and what a joy for us to partner with this wonderful station over the last month and see many copies of God's Word being sent to Bibleist believers in Africa. You see, in some parts of this continent at Bible League, we know that as many as 9 of 10 brothers and sisters in Christ are denied God's Word. 
They've never been able to read 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Now, during this time of pandemic, you know, being able to read that promise of God means what? Everything to you and me. And now it will mean everything to these Christians if you'll respond. Will you make your most generous gift and help us send God's word to 5,000 bible believers in Africa? $5 sends a Bible. $50 sends 10 Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or give at wordfm.com. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easy than ever. Apply by May 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. insulted about this i mean first there's a there's an accusation that maybe i could be tribal in my understandings of my associations in the world now i hear i might be bubbled and this is a lot to take in from eugene park uh, eugene's a monthly guest on our show he's associate pastor of true north church in palo alto california host of a really fun podcast called off the pulpit which will give you like the backstory of like how crazy it is to be a pastor especially right now it eugene is. welcome in how are you Good to see you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. All right. So you said see you. For those of you who are listening on the radio, also know that you can watch the show on Facebook right now. If you log on to Facebook and go to 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with John and Kathy, you can see Eugene's mug right there. Um, he's happy because he lives in California. It's very warm and lovely. Actually, Yo. guess what? It's 90 here today. That's crazy. It's, it's I know. a good old 65 here. So I got on the California sweater. Okay. All right. That's good. Northern California will get you. Okay. So, um, so first, so tribal and okay. Talk about bubbles first. Yeah. So this is something that I've actually writing on for publication, but, um, I, I dabble in investing here and there. I'm no expert at all, Mm -hmm. but recently, if you've been following financial news, uh, there's a huge rise in cryptocurrency. If you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, then it goes down, right? It goes down. Right. But overall, it's actually been a big success for the past couple of months. It's been an exponential gain. And if you go online, there's these communities that even form that are very almost cult-like in their devotion to it saying, Hey, this will go to the moon. That's a popular phrase with the young, young people investing in this. And I myself was drawn to that, but there's a lot of experts that also warn of a bubble. Um, the idea in 2008, we saw that with the housing market bubble, and we see bubbles almost in every economic era where basically a value or stock or an asset is overvalued. 
Um, it, its actual value is not tethered to reality. And all this hype and speculation comes up, but at one point the bubble pops. Now, and so it's I'm only not, a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not giving right. financial advice. But one thing I am kind of competent in is I'm in pastoral ministry. And these type of principles actually worried me because I see them playing out in our own social realities more than our economic realities. Interesting. And I also wonder if the pop that's eventually coming for a lot of these bubbles will harm us in one way or another. Huh. Okay. This is a, this is a good, I'm glad you're writing about this because this is thought provoking. What kind, are you talking about like um, social practices as far as bubbles go? Are you talking about the world of ideas that we might live in on Twitter? Like, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the bubble type of viewing of reality of what Trump proposed, I think it's actually kind of bled into almost every type of group, tribe, or just, just anything that has some sort of um, tribal tendency. So, I mean, Twitter is a really good example of this. I mean, there's a, t- a statistic on how there's only like 1% of people are on Twitter, but 90% of actual Twitter is on politics, right? Yep, so right. when you're on Twitter, you think, oh my gosh, the world is polarized. Yes. When in reality, and, every- actually- and everybody's terrible. Yeah, and everyone's terrible. In reality, is no, the vast majority of people right. are moderate, but these extremists are extremely loud. So I think that idea has popped into a lot of our arenas. I think QAnon is a good example oh, on the right. Okay. Sure. I think Hollywood is a good example on the left, that these bubbles can emerge anywhere. Sure. Okay. So um, let's talk QAnon. So, uh, you know, when if you would have described QAnon to me a couple years ago, I would have been like, get over yourself. Right. Sure. Um, but it is really shocking how it's caught on and, and how uh, the, the legs that it has with absolutely no factual basis at all. So now is that the how you look at a bubble is that it's just kind of inflating because of talk and promotion, but not real foundation? Yeah, I think that's a really good diagnosis of a bubble that, you know, just the idea that if, if, if I'm sure your listeners are very familiar with QAnon, just if you explain to someone that in two, the year 2012, they would have been like, that's ridiculous. Right. How could that become reality? But I think just the idea of this cult-like hype and speculation that kind of just rises it up. And one thing that I've been trying to address is, well, why do these bubbles emerge? And I see it as a lot of these people don't willingly enter into these bubbles detached from reality, but because they need to. Um, they don't have status or hope in their offline lives, and it kind of drives them mm. into these places where they want to be detached from reality. Right. Okay. So it's it's providing. This shouldn't be a surprise to any of us, right? But it's providing a sense of purpose or mission, right? That's missing in in their hearts, and you know, and in their mind, in their worldview. Um, but we'd like to think, and, you know, I guess it comes back to like the science denier moniker that we throw at each other, right? Like we all like to think that we are the rational ones, mm. you know, that, that, you know, me or my family or my tribe or my whatever, like we're the smart ones and we're the ones that pay attention to things that are real, right? And it's the other people that like make stuff up and, you know, sure. live in some fantasy world. Um, the sad thing is we're, I, I think we're a lot more susceptible than we like to think we are. No, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, as I'm, I, I've been writing a draft of this piece, and I'm, I, I try to make it clear, like I don't want this piece to be your arsenal for the other side, right? Because I think we're at a point in our in our moment of cultural age or whatever you want to call it, where we're all bubbled. Um, Emma Green, who's a great author on the Atlantic, she we know penned her, a friend of the show. 
No, I, oh, great, great. Mm-hmm. Um, she penned a great piece uh, a couple months, uh, weeks back about how even liberals are using the lockdown yep. as a bubble. Right. That it's no longer based on scientific fact, which a lot of liberals would say that they're basing their lives on, but it's now built on status signaling. You know you're in a bubble when certain objective actions are no longer about the objective itself. That's exact. That is But so some sort true. of status that you're trying to promote. Like, oh, so, you know, I live in California. And one thing I hear is as the CDC recommended this new maskless mandate for vaccinated, uh, vaccinated people, I hear my friends who are vaccinated say, I'm going to keep mine on because I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> so interesting. Could be worse. Yeah, that you say that because that's also detached from reality. You and don't of course need it is. to wear the mask. So, right. Yeah. Right. So, and again, the, the science denier term, right? You have like, are you willing to take the term when you're actually being the science denier? Sure. No, yeah. because and it's I, too convenient to push that off on the other camp. Totally, totally. That's why I think it, it, it's a hypocritical age. And, and it, yeah. I think the bubble idea just captures the kind of tension that we're living in. We're right. all detached from reality because it, whether it's partisan, ideological, um, whatever it may be, there's always a lens now where we see reality through. And what I hope to do is that the church can be a place where they're not enveloped by bubbles, but that we pop these bubbles because we're tethered to the cross and no longer to whatever hope these bubbles bring. Wow, that's really, really good. Eugene Park is with us, associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California, and host of a podcast called Off the Pulpit. Um, At our church, Eugene, we just finished a series on the Sermon on the Mount. And I feel like Jesus pops a lot of bubbles in that. that's, a re- that's actually really good that you say that because I, I try and use Sermon on the Mount a lot uh, in my piece to kind of show, you know, there's one thing Jesus says in Sermon on the Mount where he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually take that as just oath keeping. But I think in today's age, I think that actually speaks uh, very, mm-hmm. very harshly to a lot of us, because a lot of us, when we say certain things, no longer are we saying, you know, COVID is a great example of this. Masks are no longer about masks. It's right. about which party you identify with. Right. The vaccination is no longer about protection from the virus. It's about, well, are you a science denier or a science approver? And I think what Jesus is trying to say is, no, just speak truth. Even if yes. it may be inconvenient yep. to your ideological tribe, allow truth to reign, yes. ring true, uh, even in the church as well. Yeah. And that's a hard thing because if you're going to act like um, if you're going to be a person like that, you're going to consistently disappoint your tribe because a lot of the tribe wants you to just promote the talking points and point the finger at the other side. And so when you don't do that, you end up being, you know, you're, you're the you're the family member that everybody thinks, how did we go wrong? No, I, that's a really good point, Kathy. I, I think one thing I want people to identify, how do you know you're in a bubble is if you're more obsessed with sins of other people and of the other tribe rather than your own. Right. Um, I think bubbles, they exist because they don't allow any torp- type of self-criticism within the bubble, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes, and I think as yeah, Christians, we're called to be the ones that are always self-repentant, always self-critical. First, we take the log out of our own eye before we point out any sins of the others. And I think that's one of the first steps in breaking these bubbles in our society. Listen, that is so countercultural to be a person that would do that, right? I mean, you think about the idea of loving your enemies. Mm. You know, what could be more countercultural than that? What could be more shocking to see somebody do that? Well, I think in this era, close on the heels of that is being a person who's willing to say, I might be wrong about that. 
you know? And you know what? You can say that as a Christian confidently because as James tells you, you have all your exaltation in Christ and you also are reminded of your own humiliation in Christ, right? That it, at, we're no longer tethered to these bubbles as Christians, but we're tethered to the cross. And the yeah. cross is always staying on the ground because mm. it's the truth. The son of God stands there and sits there giving his life. And that allows us the freedom to be humble, to pop our bubbles and to actually bring truth into the oh, world. Isn't Eugene preach that. That is, that is really, really good. I'm telling you, the world needs to hear that. I need to hear that. You know, I'm just, look, I'm so eager to see how the Holy spirit reveals a new part of our sanctification as we come out of the COVID thing. I'm really eager to see what that's like. And, you know, God help us that we'd be open to it and would welcome it, right? Not holding it at arm's length and fighting against it. No, totally. Amen to that. Amen yeah. to that. All right. Eugene Park has been with us, associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California. Um, his podcast, John and I really get a kick out of it. It's really fun off the pulpit. Um, okay, before you leave us, just the very next segment that I'm going to talk about is why is the Golden Gate Bridge singing? Do you know about this? Yeah, it, it's I've been I've been in the city when that happens. It's Tell really me. annoying. It, it just sounds What's like, it like? A, it sounds like a ghost is like yelling at the top of his lungs in your ear for like hours and hours. There's actually a group of engineers trying to fix that. It's yeah. some, something to do with the architecture of the bridge. Yeah, I just saw but, the uh, news story today. Yeah. Yeah. Just letting you know a firsthand experience. It is horrible. And I hope they is fix it, loud? it as soon as possible. It is it is not loud, but it's not quiet. So it's just it's just okay. annoying. All right. Hold on for a minute. You it. know what? Can I hold you over the break? Yeah, sure. Okay, terrific. Gary, bring in our music. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about why the Golden Gate Bridge sounds like it's singing with someone who's actually heard the song. That's next. All right, now. Some things you hear just stick with you, like when Through the Bible's Dr. J. Vernon McGee says, It's not the book of the month, it's the book of the ages that we need today. Got a favorite Bible bus saying? This is Letter Month at Through the Bible. Tell them your favorite quote by logging on to our station website, keyword letter. They'd love to hear from you. How has Through the Bible impacted you? Tell us at wordfm.com slash letter. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. Some of us, even as believers, can question whether God directs the events of our lives when we face hard times. Would a good God actually send something upon our world as horrible as the pandemic we have been facing? If so, would not that be cruel of God? When serving as missionary in Jamaica some years ago, my family and I, with the people of that country, were dealt a devastating blow through Hurricane Gilbert. Many lost their homes, some their lives. The question was asked then, too, did God send this hurricane? The next Sunday, I preached in a tattered church building on Psalm 46. Behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He has made in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Yes, God is in control of these things, too. Check out our church at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it possible to truly love your enemy? Discover the truth behind the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as never before in the award-winning film Hope in the Holy Land. An enlightening, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides with real stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians who've lived through the years of war in search of peace. 
Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. on the air with Eugene Park, Associate Pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California. Um, it was just ironic because I didn't realize, I hadn't made the connection when I was planning today's show, that right after Eugene's segment talking about, you know, being in a, in a church bubble, that I was going to be talking about San Francisco, which is only an hour north of where he is. But there's this weird news story I saw today, um, and I'll describe it, and then you can fill in the reality of it. I'll just... sure. So what I read today is that the Golden Gate Bridge itself is emitting this type of hum. And uh, engineers have de- have determined that it's coming from the railings on the side of the bridge that they changed relatively recently. Um, and they're, but apparently it's loud. It's loud enough that it's creating like a news sensation, which I read about today. But you, Eugene, have heard it yourself. Tell me. Yeah, I mean. I, I was in the city once. This is actually a relatively new phenomenon. I'm not a bridge expert, so right. I'm totally outstepping out, uh, out my boundaries. But I know it's from a new railing that the the bridge engineers installed to make it more safe through high winds. I remember when we first heard it, it was just like, oh, that's that's cool. And we looked it up and we, you know, we are aliens coming. We're like, that's cool. Did you know what it was when you heard it? No, we had to Google it. So we okay. were like a little confused with a group of friends. But then it just kept staying there because it was a windy day. And at first it was it was interesting, but after it's just it's just a constant hum. It's like a David Lynch film that doesn't end. <laughs> and it was just so overbearing that like I was like, man, I I'm, I'm gonna leave the city a little early today. Um, and, and it's actually really so it bothers you that much. Yeah, a lot of residents have been complaining. I know the city's like working over overtime to try and fix that, but it's gone to a point and so loud um, that I think neighboring counties, not just San Francisco County, but neighboring counties can hear the hum distinctly too so it's a pretty uh, weird phenomenon in the bay uh, that's that's been partaking recently isn't that weird i mean it's just crazy so there's a big news story in the eastern part of the u.s today about the fact that the 17 year cicadas you know these these oh, yeah. they're actual bugs right they're that's yeah. the actual correct term for them you know they live underground and they nurture and whatever for 17 years and all of a sudden they pop out now they're probably not going to be in the pittsburgh area they're probably going to be west of us you know closer to philadelphia but really centered around washington dc there's going to be like an absolute ton of them but they were talking about the sound that they make right which is incredibly loud the, the, those are more annoying i only know this because i visited korea here and there and it's very seasonal there so we're used yeah. to it in the summer um it sounds like 
you're on a set of like an alien movie and they're about to invade. So I hope you're ready if you're if you're living in the area and well, never experienced you, that. Well, we're ready. We, we had the 13 year cicadas a couple years ago and they really weren't that bad. So the that's 17 good. year ones, like I'm not sure what else the capital can take at this point, Eugene. We can. True. That's very the true. Yeah. They need some. Eugene, thanks for being here today. It was fun. No, thank, thanks a lot, Kathy. All right. For all of you listeners, we're going to take a break for news and weather. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Food supply chains are stretched. What does it mean for dining out in Pennsylvania, especially in Pittsburgh? we got a bunch of new restaurants. We're going to talk about that. Thanks. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden was or has honored a retired U.S. soldier for his heroism during the Korean War. Greg Cluxton reports. During an East Room ceremony, the president awarded the Medal of Honor to retired Colonel Ralph Puckett Jr., who courageously put himself at risk on the battlefield in 1950. We are hosting a true American hero and awarding an honor that is long overdue. The president noted that Puckett also received honors for his duty in the Vietnam War, including five Purple Hearts for injuries suffered in combat. South Korean President Moon Jae-in was on hand, becoming the first foreign leader to attend a White House Medal of Honor ceremony. Greg Clugston, Washington. And sales of previously occupied U.S. homes fell for a third straight month in April. Existing home sales fell 2.7% last month. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Have you ever caught yourself believing you'll never find a loving, deeply fulfilling relationship with a marriage-minded Christian man? Well, you're not alone. And I can relate. For years, I struggled with false beliefs that I would never experience the joy of finding the love of my life. If you're feeling trapped in negativity and wondering if and when you will find love, or you think, maybe I'm not meant to be married after all, I want to invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge. Look, there's something you can do today to move beyond those negative thoughts, and I'll teach you how. I'm going to teach you why now's the time to find love, the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. And you can start your journey to finding that lasting, loving relationship. Join me at lovestories.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Learning has definitely changed these days. 
What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Eden Christian Academy in the North Hills, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Mike Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. here on WORD. You can also call Mike Badalini now for your complimentary customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-449-SAFE. That's 844-449-7233. Tonight will be partly cloudy and mild with a low of 62. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 86. Mostly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 64. Sunday will be very warm with times of clouds and sun. Expect a thunderstorm in the area late in the afternoon. We'll reach a high Sunday of 83. For Monday, mostly cloudy skies, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. No, it's not John Hall and Kathy Emmons. John Hall taking another day off, traveling with his family. But I'm happy to be here with you today, the stay-home edition of The Ride Home, for just a little bit longer, I guess. Uh, Gary is uh, at Seven Parkway Center in the uh, Word FM studios, kind of keeping things, not kind of, actually, keeping things going along. And we're so happy that you're along for today's show. Um, If you're listening on Word FM or WPIT, I'm so glad to have you. Also, you can find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, or at 101.5 Word FM. You can watch the show. We are streaming there, Zooming, as they say it, as the kids say, um, and looking forward to a great second hour. If you missed any part of the first hour, you can contact our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I promise you'll find it. I think last time I saw we're on like 42 different platforms or something. So you know what? You pick your platform. You're going to find the ride home there. Okay. Um, when I think about the things I missed during the COVID lockdown, um, I would say being at worship in person, uh, live music, and going out to eat. I mean, those are the top. Now, of course, you know, of course, I'm going to say my family. I would say, okay, that's given. That's given. I just mean as far as like activities, those would be the top three. So people apparently are thinking a lot like me, super anxious to get back out to restaurants. And one of the problems is that they can't find enough workers to keep the places open, to work in the kitchen, to bust the tables, to be hostesses, all that sort of thing. But not only that, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today about food supply chains, which are stretched as Americans head back to restaurants. It says here, suppliers and logistics providers say distributors are facing shortages of everyday products like chicken parts, as well as difficulty in finding workers and surging transportation costs as companies effectively try to reverse the big changes in food services that came as COVID lockdown spread across the U.S. last year. Mark Allen, chief executive of the International Food Service Distributors Association, said the startup has been in many ways as difficult as the shutdown was, everybody's trying to turn it on right away. 
and the capacity, he said, just might not be there. He said that the reason this is happening is that food suppliers allocated more of their capacity to take care of retail customers in grocery store chains because nobody, you know, restaurants were shut down, right? So they started supplying grocery um grocery stores and chains both. And now that restaurants are calling on those same supply chains, they're already, they've been redirected, right? Demand has changed too. Restaurants that remained open, slimmed down their menus during the pandemic. They shifted, this is interesting, from fresh ingredients for salad bars and buffets to using more prepackaged foods for takeout and delivery operations. Manufacturers cut down on product range. So they were offering fewer varieties of things like breaded chicken tenderloins, for example, Well, meat processors were reducing production output to meet COVID-19 safety standards, right? So now the COVID-19, you know, we feel like the era is, you know, kind of slowly sliding away, hopefully. We want to go back to our old restaurant and order all the same things that we were having a year and a half ago. The problem is it's just not available. Supply chain executives say the lack of available workers may be the biggest strain on the sector since the impact cascades from the production facilities all the way to trucking and then down to distribution centers. People cannot get the labor back, whether that's working in the warehouse or somebody with a commercial driver's license. I'm telling you, it's it's tough times um, when you're thinking about how restaurants, I mean, what if they had to endure? You know, they had their whole place shut down, right? So they were completely out of cash. They had to, you know, refabricate what they were doing, what kind of food they were providing. Now they're trying to ramp up and they can't find enough people to work and enough, you know, you know truckers to bring their food. Anyway, let me highlight a couple things that I've been kind of spying online because you know I like a good restaurant. Um, here are a couple things that are coming. Brand new restaurants here. I want to chow fira Thai cuisine. I love Thai food. Um, they're going to be serving traditional noodles, soups, fried rice, and curries. Ironically, listen to this, on Curry Hollow Road in Baldwin. Uh, I'm reading here from the incline.com. Um, okay. Looking forward to a couple places I have not gone to yet. The first is Gaucho. Um, Gaucho had that little place, you know, on Penn Avenue in the strip district and they moved at a terrible time, like right before COVID hit. And they took over the old six pens uh, space, which is a beautiful space. Um, I was very excited to hear that they were going to be there, but then COVID hit and then I didn't have a chance to go. So I really want to go to the new Gaucho, which is the quarter of um, Sixth and Penn. Also, uh, Con Alma has a brand new place in downtown I want to check out. Um, Defer, which is a terrific coffee and tea shop on Smallman Street in the Strip District, is opening a new spot I hear in Oakland. Also, Taco, uh, which has supplied a lot of really excellent Mexican food to hungry people like me in um I forgot what it's called in the cultural district. I was like, what's that place called where there are theaters and everything? Anyway, in the cultural district, they're moving to a new, they're keeping their their spot in downtown, but they're going to have a new location in Bakery Square. Um, Also, Tesoro's, I understand, is open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 4 to 9 p.m. You know that they're one of my absolute favorites. Also, um, I'm at Pizza Italia every single Sunday in Bloomfield, and I love all those guys who work there. John and Rick and Danny and everybody, uh, they know I love them. Uh, that's my favorite pizza place. Um, I also have a deep love and affection for the Springfield Grill in Cranberry. Uh, it's actually probably in Mars. Um, and uh, they are doing a bang up job. I've actually been there twice in the last couple of weeks, had outstanding dinners. And of course, I also like the other, you know, incantations of that restaurant group, uh, Rachel's Roadhouse, Log Cabin, Iron Ironborn Grill or Iron Grill, I forget what it's called, Iron Sum. Um, and then I also uh, really love Pizzeria Davide, which is something I just found during COVID, which is um, 
uh, on the backside of Dianoyas in the Strip District. I really highly recommend them. They're, they're, their pizza is really great, really different, all sorts of different options. Anyway, um, just to give you something to look forward to, if it's Friday at 5.09 and you're thinking, I have no idea what we're eating for dinner. Well, listen, how about trying one of these places that I so highly recommend? Because here's the thing. We have to support and give a lot of love and affection to our restaurateurs in Pittsburgh because it's one of the best restaurant cities in America. We got to keep it that way. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, this is what we're going to talk about. Reading, Jane Austen. Do you love literature? Well, you're going to love this. If you don't love literature, stay with us because this might make you love it. That's next, Friday edition of The Ride Home. All right, well, Farm Heritage Day coming up. Now, listen, if there's anybody that knows a lot about Farm Heritage Day, it's me because I have been a fixture there for I don't know how many years. Uh, Marsha, I can't believe So it's actually going to happen again this year. We're super excited. It is. We are so excited. And we're going to do we're going to do it a little bit different, Kat. Okay. <clears throat> we're going to have um, <clears throat> farm tours, of course, and people sure. can just come to the farm. They don't need to order them online. They can come right to the store, go to the ticket shanty, buy their tickets to do the farm okay. tour. We'll take more on a bus. We got a big bus so people can spread out. Okay. Um, then we're going to have um, a crafters gathering. So it's not, we'll have some of the old fashioned folks, but we're also having like new crafters, like people that make interesting things. And we'll have lots of those folks. Like, I think we have like 20 booths and they're coming and they'll have all kinds of neat stuff for people to maybe take home with them. We have um, <clears throat> baby calves and a couple of baby goats and baby lambs in there. And we'll have live music outside and we'll have place for people to sit down and just hang out and listen to live music. We're going to have a great meal inside. We're going to um, do chicken barbecue outside and then we'll have potato smashing. And we have this big giant smasher that my mom's been dying to do potato smashing with. So oh, you can great. smash I love your that. potato and put your toppings on it and have a, but the most fun part will be smashing your potato. Cause this thing weighs like 30 pounds. <laughs> I love it. And, Marsh. Um, and then we'll have all kinds of great eats inside, like <clears throat> haystack wraps and, all kinds of good stuff. So it is going to be a very fun day, and we are looking forward to um, our motto is let us share a little of our farm with you, and we are excited to share our farm with everybody who comes. Isn't that terrific? Well, I'll tell you right now, there is no better place to go than the Spring House. If you're looking for a fun time and terrific food and the best chocolate milk on earth, you cannot go wrong. Springhouse.farm. WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New New music. Be alright. New music from Evan Kraft. Everything will be alright. Stephen Stanley and No Hopeless Soul. There ain't no hopeless soul. And Sunday Morning Feeling from Apollo LTD. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract. That'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. I'm Pastor Tom Hall, 
Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. comfort food right so some people love you know mac and cheese or beef stew or tacos or collard greens or you know whatever your comfort food is i get that i have comfort books right so when i you know want to feel like tucked in or i want to feel like you know i'm on a a sweet little journey of like um discovery and astute observations on the world and great characters, I always go back to my favorite author, Jane Austen. Now, few people in my life have I come across who um, share my deep love of Jane Austen. I mean, a lot of people, you know, come in and just kind of, you know, they say they love Jane Austen, but then when you talk about, you know, Eleanor Dashwood, they don't know who that is. And you think, well, then you're a faker. I mean, you don't, you don't know who Eleanor is. I mean, come on. Um, Karen Swallow Pryor is that person. We perhaps were separated at birth. We're not sure. Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor, research professor of English and Christianity and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, the author of most recently on reading well, finding the good life through great literature. Karen, welcome in. Hey, Kathy. Good to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so is so uh, you heard me say that Jane is the one I go to when I'm looking for book comfort. Um, now, does, is she who you go to for book comfort? That is so funny that you that you said that because I love Jane Austen, um, but I actually I think for comfort I go to Charles Dickens. <laughs> oh, that's a good one too. I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just watched. I just watched the so PBS. I know. Listen, oh. I just watched the PBS Little Dorrit. They did such a good job with it. I I need to check that out. I haven't watched it. Oh, Karen, it. it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's They really, really did a magnificent job with it. Okay, so you go to Charles Dickens. I go to Jane. But that doesn't dampen your love for Ms. Austin. Oh, absolutely not. I think, you know, I just, Jane, I think I have to have my brain on and be totally engaged and just um, sharp when I'm reading Jane Austen. That's why I love her. Right. Because she was so sharp, Karen. I mean, you want to talk about someone that could sketch out a character, a family system, show like maturity and evolution in people's thoughts and understanding. I mean, you can't beat her. No. And and what's so marvelous about her is that she she really, you know, the, the, the most common writing advice any writer gets is write what you know. And that's what Mm. she did. She lived in a, you know, she, she lived in a very narrow world with her family and, 
you know, a, a pretty small society, but she wrote with such depth and perceptiveness that she sort of unveils things that, that are true of all of us, no matter our time or place or condition. Yes. That's so true. Okay. So for people listening who are like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't even know who Jane Austen is. Um, give us, you know, a thumbnail sketch of Jane and what it is that she produced in her short life. Well, Jane, you know, she's most famous for Pride and Prejudice and wrote several other novels, about half of them published posthumously, some others that were unfinished because she died, um, unfortunately, at a young age of what we now probably recognize as Addison's disease. A lot of people just who know of her from popular culture or films think that she just wrote love stories. But even though love and marriage are at the center of her plot, she really was writing moral philosophy comedy and satire and that's why so much of what she writes and really does apply to all of us if we can get past just sort of the love story not that there's anything wrong with that those are interesting parts of the story but she just uses those um, plot points to uncover so much more about life and all of us sure now, Jane was never married herself, Karen. So, you know, that's where, you know, you said, write what you know. I mean, she she kind of observed other people's marriages. Um, and so, you know, as she chronicled in her stories, the, the kind of the romantic entanglement of the main characters, she was also kind of being the observer and kind of showing mm-hmm. us how she saw the people who were married around her. Yes. I mean, she, you know, this is part of the biography I didn't get into, but she lived in the late 18th to, you know, the teens of of the 19th century. So she lived in in Georgian England um, and all around her, even though she didn't get married, um, she did have at least one engagement and changed her mind because, and that's something that's part of her novel is she she believed in getting married, not just for convenience or not just out of whim or passion, but because you're a good match in every way. And so she she knew the pressures of that world. She knew that women were, for the most part, unstable financially. They had to depend on marriage or their male family members in order to survive economically. And so she was critiquing a lot of the values that that kind of structure produced, uh, which was not good for family or good for marriages or for a genuine Christian faith, because that's the other thing many don't realize is that Austin was a devout member of the Church of England. Her father was a clergyman. Their family, you know, practiced private worship um, every day, as was customary in the time, as well as going to church regularly. And so her whole worldview um, has this underlying assumption of true Christianity, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. she tries to strip away the, the veneer of nominal faith. Yes. Yeah. And and I, we're talking to Dr. Karen Swallow prior. Let me interrupt myself. Research professor of English and Christianity and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, the author of several books, including this co-editor of a thing I really enjoyed, Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in Contemporary Issues, along with a lot of other things we'll talk about later. Um, Karen, you brought up kind of distinguishing actual faith from uh, manufactured or cultural faith, maybe. And um, mm-hmm. that's a that's a theme that runs strongly if you're paying attention in her books, especially as she has, you know, the vicar. Um, and mm-hmm. often that's not like the guy you want to hang with. 
<laughs> well, she she has a lot of comical, um, even sort of obnoxious characters in her novels. Um, some right. of them are, are clergymen, like the odious Mr. Collins, the most famous one. But odious she also is has, a perfect word. <laughs> she has good clergymen, like Edward Ferrer's in Sense and Sensibility. Um, so she really, in all of her works, she is gently satirizing the uh, the follies and the the, uh, the the sins and that she thinks that we that her society needs to be corrected on but she does it in love because she knows how things should be and how they could be and that's really what a satirist mm-hmm. does is mock mock us into correction right okay so speaking of satire let's talk about pride and prejudice since that's probably the book that most of our listeners are familiar with um the satire of mrs bennett I mean, she's she's one of in my in my mind, one of my favorite characters in literature because she's so perfectly sketched out. I mean, I just love her. I mean, as, as, as well as I hate her. I mean, I love her and hate her. I mean, she she's she's a great figure because there's so much that we do hate about her. Yet Austin paints her sympathetically in the sense that, you know, mm-hmm. here is a mother who really just she wants her five daughters to be well taken care of when she and her husband are gone. And her husband, you know, he's a likable character on the surface, but ultimately he's actually he's no help. negligent. He just, no, yeah, he's no he just help. disappears into his library. And so it's up to the mother to get these girls taken care of. And, um, and, and so Austin is really satirizing, not so much the mother, but the, again, the kind of society that leaves women so little choice and, and leaves them so vulnerable um, so that they have to kind of make these, these marriages and, and compete with one another to marry the best man. Um, it was really a, not a pleasant way to live. No, it certainly wasn't. It wasn't a pleasant time to live, I'm sure, if you were a woman. And and another thing that, um, speaking of that, that is so interesting to me and so um, remarkable is how Jane Austen was able to, and along with their, their other fine examples of this as far as authors of the time, but were able to to project her idea of a strong woman, a decisive woman, um, a woman who, like, for example, an Elizabeth Bennett, who's, who's, uh, who's uh, ideologically secure, but has to learn to be strong enough to admit she's wrong. Hmm. Yes. And, you know, I think one thing that we kind of forget in, in history is that um, Austin was writing before the Victorian age. Um, hmm, yeah. She, okay. you know, the, uh, and so it was really it was after her death in the Victorian age that women kind of got returned to this position. Return. I don't even know if they ever were, but they got placed in this position where they were considered, you know, angels up on a pedestal. And a, a man, a man's success was determined by whether or not his, you know, his wife could stay home in the house and not have to do anything. So Austin was living in a time when women actually had greater equality than they would in later years. Um, And so uh, it's an interesting kind of uh, trajectory of history that that the women's place kind of went up and down like a roller coaster. Isn't that fascinating? I have to, I mean, that makes perfect sense now that you say that, but I had not really connected that, that she would kind of like sneaked in at the kind of the, you know, the start of like, kind of like the end of the era when women still were, you know, not, seen as like the, the perfect woman at the perfect shape sitting on the perfect chair in the Victorian era. Exactly. Now, of course, women didn't have the vote and they couldn't go to university. So I'm not, 
suggesting that women had full equality by any means, but there was still a different attitude, you know, in the 18th century, especially of, of women, you know, working with men, having literary societies with men and, and reading and writing and publishing. Um, and so, uh, Austin was writing sort of at the tail end of that period where where women were, were respected in some ways as intellectual, or at least potentially intellectual equals to men. Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor, research professor of English and Christianity and Culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, author of most recently on Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Literature, which she's helping us to do even today. Um, Karen, for people who are listening to this, they've never read Jane Austen, why should they give it a try? Well, especially if you've only seen the movies, you should definitely read the books because there's so much going on there. Um, and I definitely suggest Pride and Prejudice. It's my, it's my favorite, but I also think it's kind of the most accessible one uh, where if you can kind of understand the satire in that, beginning with the opening line, uh, which is not meant to be sincere, but meant to be satirical and poking fun at, at Mrs. Bennett, who thinks that every wealthy man um, – must want, who's single, must want a wife. Must be in want of a wife. Uh, or, I, <laughs> yes, or sensibility, which I, you know, I have a volume out with my own introduction and notes that are actually written to help the reader who's not familiar with Austin. So that would be a great introduction as well. I would love that. Um, before you leave us, I want to hear about the Joshua Network. You've got a new thing going, Karen. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, the Joshua Network actually reached out to me and asked if I would do a podcast as part of their network called Jane and Jesus. And so we are in production this summer, um, and the series, um, Lord willing, will release in the fall. And the, the whole first season will be focused on Pride and Prejudice, and I'll have different guests, and we'll we'll just go through all of the characters and talk uh, about the virtues that, that Jane Austen teaches us through her novels. And listen, you know, you're going to have a subscriber right here because, you know, I'm going to eat that up, Karen. <laughs> well, I, then, I, then I've got one. <laughs> Good. OK, we're, you we're can count, move forward then. <laughs> you can count on this one and then you can like only hope for more. That's Dr. Karen Swallow prior to her, her new thing coming out this summer, the Joshua Network, Jane and Jesus. Karen, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Mm-hmm. That's Karen Swallow prior. We may have been separated at birth. I don't know. She's read a lot more books than I have, and she's an outstanding professor of literature and a great thought leader. Follow her on Twitter, and you'll enjoy it. Coming up next, retailers couldn't stock hand sanitizer fast enough at the beginning of COVID. Now they can't give the stuff away. We'll talk about it next. It's the Friday edition. Your weekend's begun. Well, shockingly, And with great celebration and fanfare, another year in college has come to a close. Grove City College has weathered the storm. And unlike a lot of colleges, Grove City was committed to meeting and teaching in person. Now, of course, in this COVID era, nothing was perfect. And there were illnesses and incidences. And it was a bumpy ride. But... The thousands and thousands of students at Grove City College, they made it through. So with some foresight and some wisdom, Grove City continues to meet in person. And Kath and I had students on campus at Grove City. We're proud to say our kids are Grovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for any parent of any college student or high school student in particular, I mean, 
anybody, parent of any age child over the last year and a half, boy, it has been a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I can speak as a parent, as John said, of of a Grove City student. And I just think, you know, when when things are as topsy-turvy as they have been, and there's so much uncertainty, it is really a comfort to see that there's an organization that is so well organized, so well run, and the decisions they're making, they're doing their best that they would be godly ones. And so as a parent, all I can say is it's been a great ride in spite of COVID and the semester is almost over. GCC.edu online. Through generations of fighting, anger, and pain, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is still one of the most contentious and misunderstood issues of our time. Raising the question, is it possible to truly love your enemy? In the new film, Hope in the Holy Land, filmmaker Todd Moorhead discovers the truth behind the headlines and misinformation with personal stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians in their own words, offering a beautifully produced, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides of the conflict. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer says the movie is embarrassingly enlightening. Ambassador Michael Oren calls it a candid, courageous journey through the complexities of the conflict. Hope in the Holy Land takes an honest look at the history and history in the making as you've never seen before. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com. The WordFM mobile app by heart. Tune in and at Radio.com. As an adult, you probably don't think much about vaccines, but the truth is more adults than kids die every year from diseases that vaccines can prevent. Vaccines can prevent everything from flu to cancer. This is Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Vaccines are recommended throughout our lives to maintain our immunity. Staying up to date isn't as hard as you think. Visit adultvaccination.org for more information. That's adultvaccination.org. Tonight will be partly cloudy and mild with a low of 62. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 86. Mostly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 64. Sunday will be very warm with times of clouds and sun. Expect a thunderstorm in the area late in the afternoon. We'll reach a high Sunday of 83. For Monday, mostly cloudy skies, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. When the COVID era started, there were a ton of things that we didn't know. There were tons of things that the most preeminent scientists on the globe didn't know. And there are still things about COVID that the most preeminent scientists on the globe don't know. But the good news is, is that we've all learned a lot. Now, at the beginning, we thought that COVID lived on surfaces. So you remember, like, I would go, I, I kept these, uh, you know, surgical gloves kind of in the car. And I would put one on my hand. And I'd walk into work and I'd only like open the doors with the glove and like touch the elevator button with the glove. And then I'd come into work and I'd like hit my desk, my phone, my chair with like, you know, Lysol wipes, you know, and then I had to, you know, put hand sanitizer everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And so between every new, between every uh, segment here in the air, John and I are like, you know, doing this with our hands, whatever the whole place, you know, smelled like an alcohol factory anyway. Those were the good old days for the Purell people, because right now there is a glut of hand sanitizer in the world that is really unovercomable. An article in today's Wall Street Journal says that supermarkets are on a mission to get rid of it. 
like now. Once nearly impossible to find, America is awash in hand sanitizer. Now, of course, we all rushed to buy it at the beginning, like I said, and then there were shortages. Remember the guys on Amazon who, when COVID started, bought all the hand sanitizer and then were selling it at like a markup of like eight times. And then I think they got, you know, arrested or I mean, because that's a jag move. Anyway, um, then remember when we were going to whiskey like uh, distilleries to ask them to make, you know, hand sanitizer? I mean... Now supermarkets have pallets of hand sanitizer everywhere. Health officials have said in recent months that the virus is airborne, but disinfectants aren't as effective as masks and distancing. And so the sales of hand sanitizers are down 80% than what they were last year. 80, 80%, right? Um, And here's the other problem with it is that because they have alcohol in them, they expire in two years. So, it's not like people can hold on to these store these you know stocks and you know store them in their back and sell them seven years from now because they'll be expired so they can't do that. So retailers are seeking to move through their inventory before the deadline and free up space on their shelves. So the article in the Wall Street Journal just goes into supermarkets all over the country. I mean, like this guy who's the president of a store in Nebraska, he says it's more it's worth more to me gone than it is clogging our shelves. Right? He's selling it at sixty percent off. Um, displays at the end of some store aisles. He said last year, not only was he not selling it for 60% off, he was paying double for it. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Um, People are talking about, somebody from Target here is talking about how prices have fallen um, consistently. In fact, with with hand sanitizer, it's a 90% decline in price over the last six months. Okay. So you're going to start to see this stuff everywhere. Now, this guy, Jeff Kozak, who's chief executive of the Vermont based whistle pig whiskey. That's a distillery I mentioned. Um, he, who he, he had partnered with a soap company to make and donate hand sanitizers. He said distributors recently asked if his business, are you ready for this? <laughs> Wanted to buy extra sanitizers and turn them into whiskey. <laughs> Mr. Kozak said, I can't believe we're to this point. We're back full circle. What the heck? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so the poor Purell people are going to start making whiskey soon. Oh, God help us. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Doug Bursch is going to be with me from uh, Seattle, Washington, practicing mindfulness, not just any mindfulness, like trying to be, you know, calm and aware and kind and gentle and aware, but being mindful online. I know it seems like it's too much to do and it might be. We'll find out next. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Hey, it's Laura Story. And I'm excited to invite you to join me along with Salem Media Group and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, this August on an amazing cruise to Alaska. Alaska is a truly spectacular place to draw close to God. It's filled with ice blue glaciers, rugged mountains, and untamed wildlife. God's majesty is constantly on display. And I'm praying that he will use our time to do something truly significant in your life this year. Soak in breathtaking landscape 
as we worship and go deeper into God's word as a compass for our time together. I hope you will join me, Alistair Begg, and Michael O'Brien from August 28th through September 4th. Call 855-565-5519 or go online to deeperfaithcruise.com to register worry-free until June 8th. That's deeperfaithcruise.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. A lot of things feel out of control these days, so it's time you pick your battles. Skip playing referee in the morning. Skip laundry this week. Skip game limits today. Skip cooking tonight. New realities require new routines, and it's okay to skip some of the old ones. But don't skip your preteens' well visits and recommended and catch-up vaccinations. A public service announcement from Vaccinate Your Family in collaboration with Merck. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA. It's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. Seeing all the talk about mindfulness. Well, you know, I think there's probably a, it's obviously comes from a good place, right? It has a good intention. You know, mindfulness is you're going to be aware of yourself and your surroundings, and you're going to be connected in a way that's healthy. And you're going to be someone that, you know, is aware of other people. And hopefully I would say, you know, aware of our creator and those sorts of things. Um, It can, you know, morph into, you know, crazy town as everything can. Uh, But what this idea that you could possibly practice mindfulness online is blowing my mind. So I invited the person who's thinking about this first and told me about it to actually explain how this could possibly happen. Doug Birch is with us, co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington, host and producer of the Fairly Spiritual Show, radio program and podcast. Doug, welcome back. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. And, and speaking of, I think you used the word crazy or something. Crazy um, town. I'm crazy gonna... town. Let's talk about John Hall. I know you have a topic for me, <laughs> but since he's not around, can yeah. we just tell is me what you time? really think about him? Can you, you know, no one's, no one's <laughs> listening, right? Just, just let me know, you know. Right. No, it'll be the fine. Dirt. Sure. And then we'll play this back for him or not. When no, it can just somehow not be on your podcast. It'll just suddenly not be up for some right. reason. It'll just be these like... missing 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> right. Or it's just the Kathy show when he returns. We're not sure. <laughs> anyway. Okay, Doug. So mindfulness, like it's awesome and can become nutty. Yeah. Well, by the by the way, I like how you just moved away from that. We didn't get any scoop on John. Yeah, that thank was you. excellent. That's thank probably you. how you survived with him for so many years with that kind of subtlety. You think I'm um, okay, mindfulness, yeah. Obviously, it can become kind of a new age, whatever. I don't know what this means. But one of the struggles with social media is what? The immediacy. It's the strength of it. Like immediately sure. I can respond. Uh, but what's the problem with that? We we all know, right? The problem is, oh my goodness, I just immediately responded. 
And now I'm in this huge conflict. And right. I was reading, um, oh, let me see if I can give him credit. The psychologist Christopher Willard was talking about mindfulness online. And I really liked what he said, because this might seem so practical, but we miss it. Are we aware of how we're actually feeling? How physically, mentally, spiritually, before we go online? Because sometimes the online world is like an angry room. Like we're behind the store, we open the door. And then we just come into this chaos, right? Right. So if we don't know who we are before we enter that room, we're in trouble. And you can think of that like, uh, think about high school insecurities, school dance or whatever. You know, that's one of the things we talk about with teenagers, that because they don't necessarily know who they are yet, they go into a group setting and then they become very different or exaggerated or extreme or everything's a big crisis. And a lot of that has to do with they don't know who they are before they enter uh, the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is a practical thing I encourage all your listeners to do. And even some of you, particularly if you're finding yourself in conflicts or just conflicted online, is before you go online, I know this is going to sound weird to some people, just close your eyes. Not if you're in the car or you know, in a place where you're going to endanger someone, but close your eyes and just breathe and say, how am I feeling? Am I anxious? Mm -hmm. Am I afraid? Am I mad? Am I indifferent? And it's very important at some level to know how you feel because now you're going into an environment that why am I going on social media right now? Am I going on social media so I can deal with my anxiety? I can express my anger. Uh, I'm bored. Something that'll you know, make me uh, feel interested. Well, that's a problem because if we don't know who we are, the first time we get into an interaction, what are we trying to get out of that interaction? Uh, and, and I believe personally that I need to be at peace with who I am mm -hmm. before I enter into the conflicts of our world. And that, that might seem like, oh, that's just kind of a simple thing. But how many people you're actually interacting with people in the negative light because you don't really know what your needs are and you're trying to get those needs met by other people, your identity, your self-worth, your, your sense of peace, your sense of control in a world that seems chaotic. The feelings aren't wrong. But the problem is maybe we're having them being addressed by people that won't maybe be the best people to address these deep parts of our life. Sure. Or any parts of our lives. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. Depending, depending on who it is. We're talking to Doug Bursch, co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington. Um, Doug, did you see The Social Dilemma? Uh, yeah. I've, yeah. That's come out with the segmentation. You're talking about that uh, Netflix? Yeah. The yeah. Netflix documentary. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, or no, yeah. The social dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. I always get that in the social network. The social network was the movie about, right. about Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Right. Yeah. Okay. So saw that too. <laughs> okay. So did I. So clearly what, one of the things that we learn from that documentary is that the heads of, um, of media firms do not want anyone to take that moment. Yeah of consideration, right? In fact, they are trying to do everything from all the notifications that pop up on your phone to the dings, to the, the images that come up to, you know, the TikTok, Hey, you haven't heard from so-and-so, or they haven't right. heard from you. And so, right. right. They want you to skip over that moment of saying, wait a minute, how do I feel before I enter the room? Yeah. In fact, they want to control the agenda of your life and, and whether that's passive or intentional, you know, I, I, there's good people in the, running those companies and trying their best, but the collective reality of it is somebody else is setting the agenda of our life. Right. I think of this often. Uh, we tend to let trending topics set the agenda of our life. And what tends to trend? Negativity, anger, crisis, conflict. Now, those might be important things, but should all of us be focusing in on it? This is the one I think. I don't, I, 
I don't think God on Monday said, you know what? I want everybody to be focusing in on the Kardashians. You know, I, I just maybe a million people on the Kardashians, maybe but two not million, five million, right? but not five million. Right. And, and what I think some of us, if we were honest about this, we're just kind of going with the flow of, oh, here's the topic everyone's talking about. And it might be a very important topic. You know, I don't know if the Kardashians are the most important, but it could be something very important. But I don't know if that's God's agenda for us. Yeah. And the danger is, I, I even think sometimes we let the enemy set the agenda where mm-hmm. there's some person who's mentally unstable writing a terrible thing about the church, like a pastor somewhere who's just being terrible. And we all repost and say how terrible this is. And we all respond about how terrible this one pastor is. Why are we giving that person so much intention? Well, I think this is a lack of mindfulness of understanding. Mm. Why do I exist? What's my purpose for this week? What has God called me to do? And if I'm not intentional about what I think God's called me to do, someone else is going to set the agenda because there's always going to be work to be done. Someone's going to have me carry their water, carry their agenda. And we are carrying people's agendas, even when we're fighting against those agendas. Listen, that is so true. I can't think of how many times I have seen threads or, you know, republished tweets or retweeted tweets uh, or whatever, where you're talking about Facebook or Twitter, whatever it is. And it's all it is, is a self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah. Right. It's just one person piling on and then there's another person and there's another person. And I'm going to project this and I'm going to project this. Remember when, you know, Justin Bieber's pastor and, you know, was. I don't know who's from, Justin Bieber. I never yeah, exactly. heard of him. Like, so you're not paying kid. enough attention to the things I'm paying attention to. Anyway, so you remember his pastor was like, you know, he's deconstructing and, you know, he had, you know, marital issues and issues with other women. And so he had to be removed from his post. I saw that news story, you know. 106 times on Twitter, right? Some, you know, other, it's just, it's a weird, it's not even echo chamber because that's overused. It's a weird, like, you know, that ride at an amusement park where you get on, it's the roundup, you get on it and it starts to spin and then you all get sucked to the wall, you know, and then you can pull your feet. That's what it is. We're all in the roundup. We're all spinning around and it's like crazy. It's everything in there is like a little removed from reality. And some of us have a memory of being on the roundup when the person next to us got sick. And that was a terrible ride, if you know how gravity works. But that is a good illustration of social media because it is making us sick. And I'll just say with this, uh, divorce is not entertainment. No. And that's one of the things I saw this with Bill and Melinda Gates as well is regardless, there could be tangential things that are important to this and they are public figures. And I get all that. But someone's divorce should never be entertainment. And this is, again, where we have to have these core concepts of what we believe is ethical and right and pure and holy and what things, you know, I think. Uh, I think Paul says something about we're supposed to focus what? in on those things that are pure and right and whatsoever. We're supposed know. to think on them or something. Yeah, right. And if we're not intentional about that, and this is why I don't want people to feel condemned. We just find ourselves gravitating in that direction. We've all been even in a work environment where people start, let's say, gossiping and we're not a gossip, but that's all they're talking about. And the next thing you know, we're kind of gossiping and we just feel bad about it. We're like, I don't want to be about this. I don't want to just complain about the boss. Right. When I'm with, when the boss isn't in the room, well, we're doing that at this, you know, international world level where we're letting other people's traumas primarily mm. set our agenda. And I think God has something for us to say and do and create that's unique to our existence. And maybe we won't get thousands of people to interact with it, but maybe we can actually change the life of one person. And I think I have far more influence in the lives of people by intention, by being being intentionally focused on what the spirit's leading me to do than having another, you know, post among millions of posts about something that really won't change the outcome of this uh, trending topic. 
That's Doug Bursch. He's the host and producer of the fairly spiritual show, radio program, and podcast. Um, or, so, and the, I got to let you know, uh, oh, this is all book. in my book. I forgot. I forgot Posting to put peace. that in my little book. It's a great book. We talked about it two other times. You'd think it would be at the forefront of my mind. No, don't, don't, don't apologize about it. As a struggling author, I mentioned it you know, on the radio as well. You're shameless. But I do want to let people know like, what we're talking about here is what I want them to process. The book yeah. Posting Peace is all about process your social media life, not to be condemned, not to be judged. But look at how and so there's lots of ways for them just to, there's, there's Posting Peace challenges and such, just ways for them to process their life. And say, does my social media expression represent who I am at the core or am I being controlled by other people or the technology Mm -hmm. itself? Yeah, that is, boy, that is a question. Wouldn't we all be better off? Wouldn't social media be better off if we just stopped for a hot minute and just asked ourselves that question? That's Doug Bursch. Doug is the author of a book I really do love and forgot to mention called Posting Peace. Hold it up, Doug, please. Yeah, well, you know what? We're friends, so friends don't have to always mention the book every five seconds, but yeah, I can't. Right. The light that's here. good. No, that's there good. See, go. I see it right there. Look, it's Posting Douglas Peace S. Bursch. For those online. Yeah, Posting Peace. We need it. Doug, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MetaShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MetaShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MetaShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by May 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-94-BIBLE. That's 844-94-BIBLE. 844-94-BIBLE. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. 
MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Are you interested in furthering your career in law enforcement? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Criminal Investigation. Our flexible, affordable program for law enforcement professionals is taught by experts from the field. Visit waynesburg.edu. As President Joe Biden today awarded the Medal of Honor to a 94-year-old Korean War veteran, and he invited South Korean President Moon Jae-in to speak, the first time a foreign leader has participated in such a White House presentation. Um, I'm reading here from the Washington Post. Um, I think I am. What am I reading from? I want to. Oh no, it's from ABC News. Biden awarded the distinction to retired Army Colonel Ralph Puckett Jr. for showing extraordinary heroism and selflessness in the Korean War more than 70 years ago. Puckett, who entered the room in a wheelchair, pushed his walker aside and stood at attention next to the president as the citation detailing his bravery was read. On November 25, 1950, then First Lieutenant Ralph Puckett Jr. drew enemy fire and exposed himself multiple times to danger to allow his rangers to find and destroy enemy positions during a multi-wave attack that would leave him gravely injured and nearly cost him his right foot. According to the White House, when the enemy launched a four-hour counterattack, Puckett was injured by a hand grenade during the first wave, but continued his command, enduring an additional five rounds of attack throughout the night and sustaining debilitating wounds during the sixth. Puckett would go on, believe it or not, to serve again in Vietnam as a member of the 101st Airborne Division. During his 22-year career, he received another Distinguished Service Cross, two Silver Stars for Valor, five Purple Hearts for injuries suffered in combat, and two Bronze Star Medals. And listen to this. I mean, it, like, if all that isn't enough, I thought this was really amazing. Though the Army had only been desegregated by President Harry Truman for two years prior, Lieutenant Puckett selected two African-Americans to serve in the 8th Army Ranger Company. Why? Because they met the standards, and to quote him, we were all Americans, and the blood was the same color, red. Later, when women were authorized to attend the U.S. Army Ranger School, Colonel Puckett was one of the first to proclaim, well, if they meet the standards, then they are Rangers. When Puckett was asked how he felt when he found out he was going to receive this Award from the president, he said it was quite a shock. He said, I never thought the president would be calling to speak to me, but I have to say I was surprised by how humble and ordinary and friendly he sounded. Now, you know, one of the most amazing things, I think, is the fact that this Medal of Honor was given to a 94-year-old man in front of the president of South Korea. And the president of South Korea um, was uh, was speaking himself talking about Ralph Puckett Jr. and how appreciative he and his country are of the sacrifices that he made. I mean, it's really a beautiful thing. Moon said, quote, earlier, Colonel Puckett told me that when he was in Korea during the Korean War, it was absolutely destroyed. And that was true. But from the ashes of the Korean War, we rose. We came back. 
And that was thanks to the Korean War veterans who fought for Korea's peace and freedom. And right now, thanks to their support and efforts, we are enjoying prosperity. I mean, isn't that terrific? Isn't that one? It's like a story come full circle. Really, really beautiful. Thank you for ABC News for putting that together. And thanks for all of you guys for being with me today on the ride home. I hope you have a terrific weekend. Enjoy some nice R&R and the beautiful weather in Pittsburgh. God willing, we'll see you right back here on Monday. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.